It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners looking to buy items online go to crauctions.com all you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today crauctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold if you are looking to buy something we can help with that too just go to crauctions.com search our inventory and place your bid plus there are online auctions for farm machinery firearms automobiles and truckloads of overstocked items it's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out crauctions.com today. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hello again, everybody. It's time for episode 258 of the three-point podcast and the start of March Madness. Can't wait for that. It's presented by Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center and Sky Mint Cannabis. Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center, you know, they, they're over a thousand members now. You can drop in on many of the fitness classes, check out the therapy pool, relax in the sauna or steam room. Just enjoy everything they got going on there. That's Memorial Healthcare. Check them out online at memorialhealthcare.org. And also our good friends at SkyMint Cannabis. I just saw a sign out front, 40% off flour. That was at the front of the store. I don't know if it's uh, all the way through their their uh, business, but man, 40% off, that's, that's a heck of a deal. And you maybe can even use our coupon code 3.20 for an additional 20% yeah. off. Uh, yeah. Work your magic, negotiate, you know. <laughs> Tell them you listen to Three Point Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, but check check them out there at Sky Minute, man. It's a, a great location located right by one of our uh, sponsors, Rivals. And, you know, what a great combination that is, I think, you know. Grab yeah. some food, get some after, after food recreation, and have a good yeah. night. Dessert gummies. Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Also want to thank our local partners, AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals, Tap House and Grill, I just mentioned, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. You know, we always like to catch up. I got a little bit here, but Matt, I know you had the big assignment last week at the ACC Tournament. Maybe give us a little little flavor of behind the scenes there for you. Yeah, it, it was definitely a very cool um, experience. So I've been... I've been doing work, working on the one of my assignments, I guess, this basketball season has been working on the college basketball prime games that are mm -hmm. it's usually Jay Billis and Shulman. It's like the Saturday night or Saturday afternoon prime basketball games. I've been doing the women's, too, on Thursdays, Sundays. The men's is usually Wednesdays, Saturdays. I've been working on those and. Apparently, I've, I've been doing a really good job because the production crew really likes me. And Jay Billis has taken a liking to my work. Awesome. And he requested that I do the ACC tournament with them. 
And since it was and, and the producers and the directors, they, I guess, really liked me. So they um, they requested that I do the ACC tournament. And since it was up in Greensboro, only about an hour and a half away, they gave me the option to go up there and do it. So, you know, I had to make sure that it was going to work out with my wife and the kids. I sure. could just take off and be like, hey, deal with the kids. But um, <laughs> so it, it did. And uh, I was there for three days. I did the Thursday, Friday, and then the championship game was on Saturday. And so I, I've been at ESPN 12 years. And um, I know we've talked about local news. So I've done like the high school football stuff like that, that Jared and I were doing at Fox mm-hmm. 17. But as far as with like ESPN, I've never done a remote. I've always been either in the offices up in Bristol or down here in Charlotte. So it was, it was just a really cool experience. I mean, being there kind of behind the scenes, I know how everything works, Mm -hmm. you know, but like actually being there, seeing all the trucks, being in all the like back hallways where all the production people are running back and forth. The people that are just like the DJs and all the, the pet bands and the cheerleaders and just everything that goes into putting on, you know, a, a basketball tournament. It was, it was really cool to see just all the logistics, you know, you, you don't realize, I think people at home, um, you know, I was talking to my mom and dad, uh, basically answering the same question. And I was like, I think people at home flip on a game and they think that's all that goes into it. Jared, you've definitely seen everything that goes into putting a game on TV. Ted, you, you understand it too, but like until you actually experience it and see how many people are involved and putting on not just one game, but a whole tournament. It, it was very, very impressive to see and basically see it go off without a hitch. Um, some, some bumping into all the different media, you know, talking to Jay right. Hillis and Holly Rowe was there and I had never met her in person. Dan Shulman, him and him and Billis are just super cool, laid back people um, working in the trucks. You know, that, that was definitely a fun experience. Uh, so it was just, it was really it was one of those that like, you know, sometimes when you get doing this for so long, Jared, you're probably at this point, Ted, I mean, you, you've done however many state championship games at Silver mm-hmm. Dome or Ford Field. Sometimes it becomes like a job. You know, you start, you just do it. It's part, it's your job. You do mm-hmm. it 40 hours a week or, you know, whatever. And sometimes you forget that it is, is actually really cool. It, it's a really cool job. You know, the stuff I was doing, I was doing the ACC championship, you know, I was yeah. like, and this is, this is a pretty cool opportunity. So you know, I got to go down on the court during the trophy presentation and see him cut down the nets. And hmm. obviously, since it was Duke, it was a ton of Duke fans there. So the crowd was just crazy. So it's it super cool. And, you know, like a couple things I could go on for a while, obviously, but a couple things yep. like one time I had to like. So in between games in a tournament, you got a half hour. There's a half hour between game one, game two or whatever. So basically everyone in the truck, you take off, you run to the bathroom, you run and grab snacks, you grab whatever you got to do. I'm like going down the hallway, North Carolina's mascot coming around the corner. I was like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, like gave him a fist pound or something like that. So I was just kind of funny. And then it was it was cool seeing in between games, there was like the, a one section that had access to the floor for the pet bands, for um, the cheerleaders and everything like that. And it was kind of cool seeing like, like one game, uh, who was it? I think NC State was coming out and Clemson was going in and all the fans and they're all students, college students, you know, they were all like talking trash to each other and like, you know, cause they were probably about to play each other. So seeing that stuff was just fun. You know, it made me, I don't know, remember yeah. how cool it is to, I don't know, be doing 
TV. Yeah, I mean, very very it, cool. It's it's kind of funny to think that uh, like I've I've gone down to the truck. You know, I mean, it's just kind of part of the job or whatever. It's ESPN has the resources, obviously, where you could remote in and do your work that way a lot more right. often. But it is night and day different when you go to the arena. You feel the atmosphere. It's a lot more people working on it. You feel like you're actually a team. Yeah. Then compared to like when, you know, we do remote broadcasts, we're like in our studio remoting into Seattle or whatever. Right. So I, it's, it, it's a totally different job. I can see how you're like revamped almost by doing it. Like, <laughs> right. man, this is freaking awesome. Like going down there and, and those like long weekends, like that, like I think of state finals weekends. Yeah. Uh, I have two of them coming up actually with women's or girls state finals and boys state finals next two weekends. It's kind of like you're in the trenches with the team and it's everybody's working, you know, their tails off and, you know, long days, like 12, everybody's working 12 hours essentially. Uh, there's something kind of fun about that. So yeah. it sounds like a blast. I can't imagine the ACC tournament. So, Oh, no kidding, man. Kudos to you, Matt. That's awesome yeah. that, that you got to experience that. And the, the nice thing about it, I'm sure, too, is uh, the accommodations, the per hmm. diem, you know, what you got going on there is a little extra bonus, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like Jared said, you're putting in long days, so a lot of overtime. But um, mm-hmm. they definitely take care of you as far as per diem and food. I mean, there was just constant food. Snack <laughs> truck, fully stocked yeah. all the time catering every possible breakfast lunch snacks snacks games would get over and there would be a late night snack with like pizza or pretzels and stuff like that and i was just like i'm eating so much like what am i doing but it was all free so i'm like man i'm gonna go eat you know trying to pace myself a little bit we were staying in the hotel uh where all the players where all the teams were staying so i I saw some of the you know players coming in and out of the hotel and the coaches and stuff so that was kind of cool um, saw John Shire in the lobby. Um, I think it was Thursday night. So, you know, just doing stuff like that is, you know, again, it you take for granted the opportunities that you get sometimes. Like when I'm doing an NBA game on ESPN, like Jared said, remotely, mm-hmm. sometimes you think like, oh, I'm just doing my job. But it is, you know, a pretty yeah. cool job. So when you're actually there, Jared was spot on with what he said. When you're actually there, it yeah. kind of gives you that energy. It makes you feel like you are literally doing yeah. the game. You're there doing it. Well, you, you, you know, you both work for companies that top notch equipment, top notch staff. And then I have the broadcast from hell last night. I mean, (laughs) we go to a high school gym to broadcast the Langsburg Wolfpack, you know, and I'm just so excited about this. You know, I mean, here I am kind of winding things down. As you guys know, we got this uh, regional opener, Jonesville and Langsburg. And we had a little pre-warning that the Verizon service was not very good down there. And that's, we use a jet pack and do it, uh, you know, uh, on a hotspot basically with, with our broadcast equipment. But we were warned that the Verizon service was no good. So we went there an hour and a half early, tried to hook up. They were right. There was nothing going on. So the, our backup plan was to go, you know, I have a different carrier, tried my phone, no good. Couldn't get, I could call out. I could hear uh, the, the, uh, the girl at the station. She couldn't hear me. And so we, I actually, Asked, I asked uh, the Langsburg fans that were sitting right behind me, anybody got AT&T? A gentleman says, here, you can use my phone. So I tried to dial up the number with his. It actually got us on the air for about five minutes, and then it died. And then it was just poor Joe Smith, my partner. I have my recorder as a backup, so we could post it on Three Point Podcast just in case of a problem right. like that. And so I'm talking on and on and on, and Joe's trying to re- trying to connect back to the studio. Nothing, nothing, nothing. The whole first half, or at least the from the f- half of the first quarter to till first half, he was trying nonstop. And at halftime, 
I just told him, forget it. We're just recording it the rest of the way. Let's have yeah. some fun the second half. And, you know, if you do listen to it on our on our podcast site, you'll notice that there may have been a little distraction in me, you know. <laughs> but yeah. the second half got well. a lot better. The second <laughs> half got a lot better. So the plan That's is tough. to do the same thing tomorrow night. Just come right out and record it. And hopefully nice. Langsburg can get by and, and make it to the quarterfinals where I found out that they have uh good service there. If, if they're doing that, do they have the, the NFHS hookup that you can they just do. hook right in? Yeah. So why, why not coordinate that? Well, I don't think I could hook into it. Cause I think the computer's way up by uh, the, the video. I did look at that, but I will say, you know, for any of our Langsburg fans that listen, uh, and I know you guys, I got to tell you, we've picked up a bunch of them. I can't tell you. There was a few people that came up to me and said, hey, man, I enjoy your program. So it's cool that we pick up other fans. Uh, But if you're listening to this and you're not going to get the radio from me live on Wednesday night, but check out the NFHS network, at least you can watch the team, you know, and that's that's a cool thing. It is crazy. All, All this talk about TV production and, you know, now radio. Sometimes technical stuff happens. I yeah. mean, it, it just happens. Whether a computer goes down, you lose connection, a satellite goes out, right? Wi-Fi goes out. That's kind of what you were dealing with a little bit. So, oh, on top of that, no happens. Wi-Fi. Not no. Right, wi-fi. That's what I mean. Yep. School had no Wi-Fi because they right. got hacked by some malware idiot five days ago. Malware. So they had zero <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> Man, it was. let's just be thankful that wasn't your final broadcast that at least you that you get at least one more crack at it on uh on uh, tomorrow wednesday and then maybe even on monday and maybe even further on if lanesburg keeps winning so let's just be thankful for that absolutely Uh, i i didn't have nearly as an as an eventful weekend as you guys did uh sometimes you gotta you don't know whether to laugh or cry so as you guys know i've been doing this I've tw- day this is day 27 that I've been you know working out six days a week and eating good no carbs but because of that uh, I have developed some sort of like skin irritant like type rash or something <laughs> that goes like right underneath my neck like right about here and like to my chest so I went to the dermatologist I'm like what the hell is this it, it's something that Basically, because my body is in ketosis, which I'm not like trying to do, it's just I don't eat like junk food. So it naturally went to that because my body is in ketosis. It is like rejecting like it's rejecting it, essentially, like my body will not accept it. So basically, it's just that's when basically my this is a long winded kind of losing my train of thought. But basically what I'm saying is that's when you know you're fat when your body, <laughs> it, it, you know, you have the cravings, you, you overpower the cravings. You have the, you know, the, the late night thoughts about food, you, you start exercising and then your body says, you really think you're clear of this, you know, poor diet and no exercise lifestyle. No, we're going to throw this final like boss at you. And so I don't know, I don't know how to solve it. They gave me some, you know, shampoo to use that hasn't really done anything. Uh, I got into Ted, you'll appreciate this. I got into the hot tub at my parents' house mm-hmm. and my dad did warn me that the alkalinity was low. Uh, but I got in that and it was almost gone at this point. This was this weekend, got out and it was like, it had <laughs> 10 times gotten worse. So I don't know. It, it's just kind of funny how it's like, you think you finally are like, you know, whatever, getting your beach bod, but yet you're further, but yet you're furthest away from the beach bod than you ever could possibly be. I mean, this, this whole like last two weeks, I've been having to wear the same like four pieces of clothing that are like turtlenecks, but Bubba Watson, like fully collared button up shirts because I feel like a leper when I'm walking around in public. So it's just been a weird couple of weeks. And it, to be honest, it might be going on for the next few weeks. So oh boy, it's crazy. Like the, the kind of stuff that like the human body will do, you know, like 
like you said, rejecting stuff. Or like I said, a few weeks ago when we were talking about this whole dieting thing where like I did the whole 30 and cut out sugar 100% and felt like absolute train wreck like two weeks in because I was basically detoxing from sugar. Like it's just crazy, you know, the kind of stuff. Even just as simple as like if you're a coffee drinker and you don't have your morning coffee, you get that like pounding headache by like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. It's just crazy what what you do to your body, especially when we put the garbage that we put into it, all the sugar and processed food and all that other junk. But maybe you need to give up and just go get a Big Mac. No, but that's what's funny about this. So this is something that has like kind of come and gone every time I eat healthy. Nobody would believe me. I'd always say it like this happens every time I start eating healthy. (laughs) Finally, the dermatologist confirmed it. But that's what's hilarious. If I did have junk food tonight, I would wake up and it would be gone. That's what's like kind of the the tantalizing thing about everything is I know that if I just ate bad for a couple of days, it'd be gone. Yeah. So right. it's like a fungus in my body or something. Well, before we segue out of this. Like a, an ointment or I don't know. I'm surprised there's not something. Well, I guess you said they gave you shampoo, but it's just otherwise, otherwise it's just kind of deal with it. Like there's. Like I said, it kind of was going away. I, I was stupid and got in the hot tub and mm-hmm. it just. I mean, Ted, you know how those hot tubs are, man. It, it, it's like a basically a cesspool. It's impossible <laughs> to keep it clean. I know you currently have one. Yeah, well, I mine's clean. You say it's perfectly clean, but it's probably not. No, no, it <laughs> is. But it is a challenge to keep the chemistry up. It, it's a, it's a science to it. You definitely right. have to stay on top of it. Fortunately, you know, I don't know how often your dad uses his, but uh, I'm the only one pretty much that uses mine. I probably, I would say, I'm in it on an average of three times a week, maybe four, and. Uh, so far, so good. You know, so far the chemistry has been okay for me. I do have another question though. Yeah. Uh, you, I saw you and uh, your brother Johnny had a chance to go work out at uh, Memorial Healthcare. What'd you think of the place uh, when you went in there and that's, actually did some things? Yeah, that's my let's see, third time going there. There's been a couple times I went uh, when yeah. you weren't there. One thing that kind of it's awesome. I mean, I've said that we talked about it. We all toured it. We did the live podcast there. Mm-hmm. You know, over Christmas break. It's awesome. You don't need me to tell you that again. Uh, one thing I did do that was kind of funny that I did notice it has since been deleted is when you go to this is a stupid like third grade humor, but I find it funny when you go to the sauna, you set like a you you create like your favorites, you create like you'd label it your name or whatever and you make it your favorite. You, I set the heat like the highest heat uh-huh. uh, and you set for the timing and the like the lights are they on or off. So it's like your setting. And like I said, this is third grade humor, but I thought it was funny. I put uh, Ted was here. <laughs> it was not a week later so <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dumb but it it, it, it made me snicker to myself as i as i did it no it would because you you picture if ted showed up you know a couple hours later and saw ted was here right i'm sure you'd be like who the hell well, is this oh well, it was also funny, it was w-a-z been. there's something funnier about making it w-a-z instead of w-a-s so <laughs> it's like when you would when you would get high score on an arcade game and you yeah. put in like a swear word or yeah. something like that. <laughs> oh, well, all good stuff, fellas. I mean, uh, yeah. it's great to hear, hear Matt, that you, you had that opportunity and, yeah. you know, rubbing some shoulders there with some of the celebs. And uh, how were the fans? Last question. How were the fans that were in the, the lobby? Were they hawking for autographs for the different players and coaches that you saw? Or were they being pretty cool? I think that there were definitely, I mean, they were lining up near the tunnels, you know, trying mm-hmm. to get some autographs and stuff. I did see people would line up where the team buses would come out to see the players and teams leave. One cool thing though, I I think I tweeted it out, but um, a bunch of the Duke players after they cut the nets down, they stayed, I stayed on the the floor for a little while 
a few players stayed and took selfies and were signing kids, you know, basketballs or their signs or their programs or whatever. I mean, for a good 20, 30 minutes. And they wow. were taking every selfie. They were going around. I thought that was really cool for 18, 19 year old, you know, college basketball players to, you know, recognize that this is a really cool moment for the fans that a few of them, they were going player person to person, selfie, 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 selfie. So <laughs> I, awesome. I just, I, I was just sitting there watching. I, I was soaking it in. I was like, this, this is actually really cool. I was impressed. Yeah. What an atmosphere. That's tremendous. Well, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit other atmosphere in high school sports. We'll have the prep spotlight coming up here in just a second. Capital Sports Field House is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and Pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state-of-the-art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capitol Bowl J.C. Penny block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. All right, guys, we'll get right into it here. Uh, the Prep Spotlight brought to everybody by Capital Sports Fieldhouse. We'll just start with the boys' basketball game uh, that was recorded last night. Langsburg over Jonesville, 61-54. to 54. Uh, Jared, I was keeping you updated on the score periodically. And uh, Langsburg jumped out to a 9-0 start. And, I mean, Jonesville actually outscored them from that point on. So that tells you how good that team was. They had three guys that were really solid at about 6-6. They had a couple pretty decent guards. And what I liked about it, this gym, even though I had no service, this gym was loud, man. It was rocking in there and both cheering sections. And I got to give a lot of credit to Langsburg. They blew out Jonesville cheering section. They mean, they just blasted them out of the gym. They traveled real well and they were loud. But uh, again, this guy's got to be first team all state division three. I think Xander Woodruff, 32 points, eight of eight from the free throw line, four triples. And he's a junior, you know, and he's, He's definitely their leader, and there was a real scary moment. I think it was a little bit before halftime. He put up a jumper, hit the shot, looked like he was fouled, went down on the floor, and it looked like he either twisted his ankle or his knee. And he was down for quite a significant period of time, and trainer came out, came to the sidelines. Apparently it wasn't serious. He came back in, showed no signs of it. And i tell you what, that's huge. Because if he goes down, even though Langsburg has a lot of good players – that is major. So it was it was good good victory for him. Yeah, it seems like every time we talk about Lanesburg, you're you're saying that he's scoring 30, 35 points. Right. So yeah, if you if if you lose him, you know, that's gonna be a tough blow. Um, I do know I, I know I've mentioned that I have my, my sister teaches at Lanesburg and so they're mm-hmm. in the, the involved in the community. My brother-in-law and one of my nephews did drive to the game. Um so you're you're not kidding. I, I listened to I was going to mention, I, I listened to the first, I don't know, a couple minutes of your call because I knew that they started out 9-0, like you said. Right. So I was like, I kind of want to hear hear how that, you know, how that run started. Man, it was loud coming <laughs> through your your broadcast, those fans. Yeah. And then one more thing I saw, I think it was, they, they play Michigan Center um, mm-hmm. tomorrow night in the, the regional finals. They're, they're one of their Twitter pages, either their basketball or, you know, their, their school Twitter page tweeted out like buy tickets early because Langsburg travels well. And 
And yeah. we know Coach Morrill, when we had him on, he he talked about that, how the community support is so great for Lanesburg. So it's definitely cool. And I'm sure, I'm sure tomorrow's going to be no different. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, I was looking – I was – just because curiosity got the best of me, I, I we all remember that 2013, one of the best games. Ted, I'm surprised in your write-up with Jerome Murphy that this wasn't mentioned as one of your all-time you know moments was Lanesburg's run in 2013. Yeah. Uh, when they played Flint Beecher, Monty Morris kind of had like a Jordan-type flu game where he yep. was in and out of the game, running to the locker room, running back out. Uh, and Lanesburg ended up losing 40-39. to 39. But I saw a video of their student section. It's like a Division One student section, man. Right – which it's terrible that the MHSA switched it. Now the student sections are on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. But back then they were right behind the bench and it, it was huge. It was a sea of red. And I just know that's what it's going to be like on Wednesday. Yeah. So, Yeah, that's a good call, Jared, because that was a highlight game and a highlight run by uh, Greg Mitchell and that team, man. I, th- I thought they were going to pull the upset of the ages and, and knock out Beecher. It was that close. Langsburg had the ball in the last possession with a chance for the win. They lost by one. They make a two-pointer. They win and they turned it over. You know, kind of an unforced air trying to go a little too fast with the basketball. One thing I did see, and I was very puzzled. Ted, you normally have the inside scoop on this type of thing. So we'll see. (laughs) So Corona versus Flint Hamity on Friday night. Yeah. For whatever reason, the Chesaning, it was at Chesaning, the Chesaning students decided to basically form their own student section for for Flint Hamity. (laughs) And what I tell you, it was a raucous student section. They at one point the Corona student section and the Chesaning student section uh, were chanting like defense, like offense, defense, off, and like they were just overpowering them. It took until a few days later for me to realize there was Chesaning students in the student section, mm-hmm. and I just thought that was what a comically like I just would never be a part of that student section. I hate to say it. I mean, they just got spanked by Corona a couple nights uh, before that. And now they're all gathered up in the crowd cheering for cheering against Corona. I just reading that story. It's I think it was Sam Ali that posted it. Yeah, I was very puzzled by what exactly went down that Friday night, but I, it's hilarious I, nonetheless. I'm gonna be honest. I saw that tweet that you're talking about, and I I remember reading the headline and just kind of be like, oh, that's weird, and kind of moved on. I I, I didn't really think it was went that far. That like the Chesanine students showed up to like rally against Corona. That is, they like stormed crazy. the court. They stormed the court, and <laughs> in post game interview, the family guy was saying how awesome they were. Yes, like, they he, did. He basically sounded like he had never heard of Chesanine, but he's like, "Yeah, Chesanine's <laughs> awesome. I love Chesanine." It was Ted. I need you to do some deep diving with Jerome Murphy or something and figure out what the hell happened that night. I'll see what I can do, but I, I just just reading between the lines a little bit. You you said it. You know, Corona. You know, Chesanine was having a hell of a season, and Corona knocked him out on Chesanine's court, so they they had no love loss for Corona. And a little inside baseball for you, I'm not going to name names, but I did have a chance to chat with a uh, an athletic director in the MMAC, not our, not one of our Corona guys, but somebody else. And I said, hey, man, it, it sure would be good to see Crun in this league. He said, not going to happen. It wasn't because of him. He said, there is still a lot of bad blood with a couple of the other schools out there that want nothing to do with Corona being in that league. How about that? I just, we don't, we don't need to get into all that. I just don't understand it. I don't, I mean. It's been a long time since that right, bad blood started, you know. Right. It's <laughs> yeah, a shame, especially because we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. There's so many cool rivalries yes. that you could have. and huh. But, I, but I will say this, and I'm not going to really give a big knock to the MMAC, but we did see, uh, you know, uh, there, it's a good competitive league for the teams that are in there. Uh, but, uh, you know, when they maybe step up a little bit, 
maybe not as strong as we think. Maybe maybe Corona is right where they need to be in the Flint Metro yeah. League, you know. True. So so be it, right? Yeah. I know there was a couple of switches with the C-Mac, you know, Perry's joining along with Lansing Christian. Ovid Elsie applied for joining the Central Michigan Athletic Conference and uh, were turned down. So huh. It's funny that you have to apply to that. I mean, I know you can't just be jumping all over the place, but mm-hmm. speaking of OE, did I see um, the the girls team is is moving on? I think I saw they're playing tonight. Yeah, that was the other story I had. I mean, they uh, they knocked off number six Dansville in the regional final. And get this, talk about defense. I mean, Langsburg plays real lockdown defense. The boys, uh, Marauders beat Dansville thirty five to 12. 12 points, the final <laughs> score. Unbelievable, <laughs> you know, in a regional final. So the, the good thing for Ovid Elsie and their coach, Ryan Cunningham, they start four juniors. So, wow. I mean, they're going to be awful good next year. And they're playing, like you said, as as we're recording this on Tuesday night, Michigan at the moment's 10 points up. Uh, the Marauder game's probably getting close to being yeah, over. We may, may be able to find it online, huh, Jared? That's what I'm trying to find right now. Yeah, I don't – I saw they were tied 35-35 at the end of the third, but – I don't know. Mm. Give me a second. I'll find it. Yeah, no problem. But I mean, that's been a quite a quite a season there. And they've I think they're the deepest they've been since 1984, 84, 83. They had a couple of really good ladies teams. I think they made it all the way to the semifinals uh, one of those years. I think 83. But uh, congratulations. That's awesome yeah. for the Marauders. It is cool. I mean, man, the, I know the, the boys team didn't make it as far, but a couple good programs going on right now uh, for OE. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. 45-41, they lost. Oh, bummer. So yeah. season comes to an end. So we're down to the Langsburg boys. And by the way, uh, I'll be there with Joe tomorrow night. We're going to record the game so we can pop it on our three-point podcast site. So, you know, all Langsburg going to be at the gym anyway. So the people yeah. can listen to it later on and relive those great memories. Hopefully a Wolfpack W. All right, we're going to have our regular sports potpourri. It's March Madness time, and I'd love to hear – especially Jared's thoughts going into the tournament, because he has a few strong opinions usually, and we know one of them is the Big Ten, bet against them all the way through. Mm-hmm. But we'll get more into that right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothar. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just jump right into it. This is my favorite week of the year. I love it. I mean, I know, Matt, I think you're talking about The Last of Us, the last uh, episode. I haven't had a chance to watch it. Any waking second I have a free time, I'm watching Bracketology shows. Doesn't matter who, doesn't matter what, what station, doesn't matter. I watched some random three guys. It looked like it was like CBS's like C-team, and I watched an hour like show of them breaking it down. I, I absorb it all, man. Uh, as I have said before, 
I don't ever really win brackets, but when it comes to the first weekend, I'm like, when you look at my tombstone, when I die, it'll say first weekend champion every year. <laughs> you guys know it every year when we do our three point podcast bracket, which join after that first weekend, it always irritates you guys. Cause my name's right up there at the top. It always is. <laughs> and so I just feel like I have a great inkling with this first weekend. After that, I kind of fall yeah. apart. Uh, <laughs> I kind of blame part of that on the fact that I always take kind of a dark horse to win it all because one of the very first years I ever did a bracket, um, I ended up losing by 10 points because I had the same champion as somebody else. And he had a first round pick that I didn't have. Mm. And so the whole, whole way of the tournament, I knew I couldn't win because he was always 10 right. points ahead of me. So ever since then, it's kind of been uh, my thing is where I pick a dark horse. So I'm going to save some of my, I have a whole upset list. I'm going to go through. I, maybe we just start with our final fours. Uh, I can, I have my whole bracket here. I'll start with the final four and we'll kind of work our way back. Um, I have uh, Alabama coming out of the South. It's a, it, that's a, that's an obvious pick. Everybody has that pick. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not reinventing the wheel with that one. I have Houston, although I will say I'm very nervous about Houston's second round matchup. If it's against Auburn, that game will be played in Birmingham, Alabama, going to be a big time home game for Auburn. Yeah. Though that one versus eight or nine is always a scary game. It doesn't matter how good you are as a one seed or how poor that eight or nine seed is. It's always a scary matchup. Then I have UCLA in the West, and then I have my kind of big upset type fairy tale type run would be Kentucky, uh, and then I end up having UCLA win it all. So no, we no can Kentucky. break down individual games from there, but that's just in general that's my final four. Yeah, I mean, I, I, any any picks that you make, it's such a crapshoot. I mean, I, I was watching a couple. I was watching a couple too. Like, well, Jay Billis did this whole breakdown. He picked every game. So I watched his thing and I watched a couple other other experts, you know, picking, making their picks. And it's like, I don't care if you know everything there is to know about college basketball. It's just, Doesn't you got to get lucky. I mean, yes, there are like certain trends or, you know, certain matchups that might be bad styles of play and stuff like that. Sure. You can look into that stuff and, you know, do a little analysis, make some smart picks Otherwise, I mean, it's you just got to get lucky. You got to get lucky in picking the certain upsets or or whatever. But you know, the the Big Ten thing that Ted mentioned, I'm never trusting a Big Ten team. Purdue being a number one seed, nope. I saw <laughs> I saw someone someone tweeted out like a poll, like what I think it was like what number one seed is more likely to lose or something Purdue. like that. And Purdue was like 75 percent of the votes. Like no one, just no one trusts them. Even if you have a Zach Eady, it's just like. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about Big Ten teams. They always come up short. Michigan really is the, the one team that's had some success recently. Yeah. Obviously, Michigan State has a little bit too. But so anyway, I, I'm definitely um so definitely not Purdue out of that out of that region. I'm I'm all in on Duke. I don't know if it's because I was just watching them all this past weekend at the ACC tournament, yeah. but they are playing really well. Filipowski and some of the other dudes, Proctor and Roach and some of the other guys. I mean, Shire has those guys playing some good basketball. So I'm all in on Duke and I have, I'm picking them to win it. Uh, they're, they're my winner hmm. um, up top. Probably the, the same thing. I think Virginia is going to come through that one. I don't really trust Alabama. Um, Brandon Miller, everything that's going on with him. I've watched a lot of Alabama this year, very talented, but I just, they're young. Brandon Miller is pretty inconsistent. You know, he had some distractions off the court and Virginia is just so well coached. Tony Bennett is <laughs> watching them play basketball. And it just, you know, watching them play basketball and then watching Michigan is just like, 
one team is incredibly well coached. I'm not saying Juwan Howard's a bad coach, but watching how they execute is so different. So that, that South region, I'm picking Virginia. The Midwest, I think most of the time, because I did feel out a few. Um, I think mo- I went with Houston most of the time out of that Midwest, just really no other reason. I do think Penn State could be sneaky. I mean, bagging on the Big Ten, they're that team that's playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. No, I know it's Penn State. They are. What, are, yeah. what are we talking about? Penn State basketball. I don't even know. They're just, they're playing so well. So they might team. be that hot team coming into the tournament. Who knows? Um, but I, I, I'm still sticking with Houston. And then on the other side, I would have went with UCLA, but they just had that major injury. So I, I don't know about that. I'm going with Gonzaga out of there. So Gonzaga, Houston, Duke, Virginia. Duke hmm. winning it all. That's what I'm going with. Good picks. I'll tell you the truth, guys. I haven't made my final four picks. I haven't filled out a bracket, but I did did a I did a quick look at it and maybe some of the teams I'm really looking at seriously. A couple of them are the ones you had there, Matt. I mean, Virginia. I, I have them on that left upper side. I, I'm looking at looking for them to go real deep. I don't know if they're gonna make my final four yet or not. Duke, I also had them penciled in that they're playing good basketball out of a good league. And uh, you know. Uh, I think it's a good story there with Shire taking over for Coach K, maybe trying to set his own legacy. On the bottom right side of the bracket, uh, I like Gonzaga too, but I also like Arkansas maybe to make a little noise in the tournament as well. The way they play and they're coached by what is Musselman. He does a pretty good job there. And uh, on the upper upper side, I was right with you, Jared. I I would worry about that Houston-Auburn game as well. I think Auburn plays very good basketball. Uh, It's going to be in Birmingham. And, uh, you know, the SEC this year, real, real tough league, maybe the toughest league along with the Big 12. So I don't know. I don't have my final four yet. I will tell you this, though. I'm going to play the three point podcast bracket challenge. I'm going to play a couple other ones. But no. my bracket, my, well, hold on. My bracket's going to be the same on all of them. All right. Slow down. Well yeah, done, I, I find that was one thing you've actually changed your opinion on over the course yes. of this podcast. You used to be famous where, I mean, you're such a money grabber <laughs> that you would fill out 10 different ones and put them in 10 different pools. A lot of people do, buddy. One. Uh, one game we got to hone in real quick for maybe we go, uh, I'll go through my upsets. I mean, Michigan State versus USC, Michigan yeah. State, one and a half point favorite. Uh, just some facts about Michigan State and Izzo kind of as of late. This is a shocking statistic I saw on Twitter this week. Tom Izzo and Michigan State have not made it out of the first weekend in seven of eight, uh, seven of the last eight tournaments they've been. Whoa. I mean, this is a judgment game for Michigan yeah. State and for Tom Izzo. No, I really no, do feel No, it, it shouldn't be, right? Because it's January, February Izzo. <laughs> I mean, that, that stat can't be true. Right. It's, they they mean, win. They make it to the final four every year, right? It, it's concerning. It's a concerning stat. It's a jarring stat. It. it I don't know it how shouldn't we be. never picked up on it that. It shouldn't be. They haven't won a national title in 23 years. It should not be. It, it, it really shouldn't. I'm just, I'm playing devil's advocate here. With Izzo, like you said, the whole March, he owns March, dominates March. It's it's a shocking statistic. Yeah. They got their hands, they, they got their work cut out for him, man. USC is flipping no slouch. You guys know, as you guys have already alluded to, my kind of rules. Mm-hmm. Paid the Big Ten. Always bet on the Pac-12 and the SEC. Those are usually my three kind of conferences that I align with pretty much every tournament. Usually doesn't lead me astray. We saw it with yeah. the ACC last year with Duke and North Carolina. Big Ten, like every other year, fizzled out other than Michigan. Like you said, they always kind of exceed expectations, whatever their expectations are this year. Uh, but Michigan State, it's kind of now or never. I will say, you look at their how they're built, uh, I mean – 39.5% of their uh, from three-point land this year. I mean, they make 76% of their free throws. You, If I saw that just on like paper, I would say, oh, this is a good tournament team. I want to bet on this team. 
but we know from watching this whole year, they're inconsistent. They're not yeah. clutch. The guard play comes and goes. We saw Izzo freaking out on Hoggard and Hoggard having almost no expression uh, <laughs> last week. I think we're in line for a Izzo type freak out. Uh, you know, like we remember the Aaron Henry freak out round one of that tournament. We remember the UCLA halftime freak out in the play-in game a couple years ago. I really think with like 16 minutes or so left in the second half, Izzo is going to be reaming into somebody and it's not going to be good. I have USC in this game, but I'm definitely yeah. picking that with my heart and not my head. Like I said, Michigan State's a great tournament team. The one thing I'd hold off hope for if I'm Michigan State is Joey Hauser. I could see a five, five, five for eight from three land game, six for eight from three land. I could see that, but uh, how much? That, I think they're in trouble. How much yeah. do you weigh the location? Because they are playing in Columbus too. I mean, you got to look at locations of where the games right. are and some of these matchups. USC's coming all the way across country. Do you put like three points on that as a swing to the you know like Michigan State net situation? Be a lot of a lot of MSU fans there too. Yes, there will. It's a big deal. I mean, you heard me talking about that with Auburn. I think that if this is on the West Coast. I think USC yeah. is probably a two-point favorite. I bet you it's a four-point swing. It's going to be filled right. with state fans. I just mm-hmm. you can't shake that statistic I just threw out there. Now, obviously, Marquette no. would be waiting for them if they won. Yep. Uh, which I'm, if I'm a Marquette fan, I am very nervous about whoever wins this game uh, in that next round matchup. But yeah, no, it's just it's we from this team I've seen all year. It's the team I've watched more than anyone, even more than Michigan. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> I don't know they're watching our second of them, even if they're in the NIT. Um, I just don't trust them. There's nobody you trust on this team. There's nobody you say, go win us a national championship. Right. So for that reason, I'm just I'm gonna lean with what history has told us, which is don't mm-hmm. bet the Big Ten. And in eight eight of the last or seven of the last eight years, it's don't bet Michigan State. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I you know, would is Hauser gonna be the guy that steps up for him? Um and Walker's been playing well. Malik, you know, like who they don't we keep going, they don't have a Cassius Winston, you know, they don't right. even have a Xavier Tillman, they don't have a guy like that that they can just count on maybe Hauser. He is playing well lately. My thing is it almost feels like the USC game is almost like a coin flip. I almost feel like this is going to be one of those Izzo years. If they can beat USC, they're going to beat Marquette and get to the sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like if they can get past USC and get those stats that you're talking about, Jared, kind of get that a little bit off their back, they're going to go into that Marquette game saying we can win this. Let's get to the sweet 16. We got this because Marquette, I mean, yeah, they're a two seed, but they haven't been like, you know, blowing people out of the water all season. They've All of college basketball, people have been up and down. So I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Michigan State comes out firing on all cylinders and looks like they're about to make a little noise or they come out flat and lose by 15. Because you, you, just are been, you still considering that one, Matt? I mean, we know Jared's I, I picked, out. I pick Michigan State to beat USC, okay. and, you know, but I, I, then I have Marquette beating them. Mm-hmm. Um, like like Jared kind of said, maybe with my heart, I just don't think they're a Sweet 16 team. But I wouldn't be shocked if they did it. Yeah, it, I mean the thing that would really, and honestly, this is maybe the biggest biggest thing of them all is, I mean USC's guard. It, it, there are two guards of their studs. I mean two senior guards averaging 18 and 14 a game, and like four assists and four rebounds a piece each of them. Boogie Ellis is one of them. That just worries me. Yeah. You need guards in March. We know that Michigan state is definitely stronger at guard than they are at center. I mean, Suzoko after kind of lighting it up against Gonzaga game one, I thought he was going to be a stud this year has done nothing. Uh, right. So I, I'm worried about them. Ted, you're the Izzo defender. I mean, if he is, do you consider this like kind of a judgment game? I, I, it is kind of a judgment game. You know, he's got the all time record for making it into the tournament. You know, he's got, got that at least he can, he can put his hat on, but it is kind of a judgment thing. I mean, you laid out the stats perfectly. 
I mean, State can't falter in this game without getting a lot of grief, and a lot of it's going to be pointed at Coach Izzo, you know? I mean, every, every coach reaches the end of the line somewhere, and I don't think he wants to reach it this year, so he's going to do everything in his power to get by USC, and like Matt said, maybe maybe pull an upset over Marquette and make a sweet 16. And that would really, if you think about it, I'm not sure how long he's going to coach, but if, if he decides, let's just say out of the blue says, this is it after this season, a sweet 16 appearance would kind of solidify his, his uh, legacy. You know, I mean, they played Duke tight last year. If you remember in the right. round of 32 last year, I, yeah. and Duke was a lot better than Marquette is, I, I think. So yeah. you just got to survive this game. It's yeah. a coin flip game. It is. You're going to find out who you really are, Michigan State and Michigan State fans. Uh, and if they win this game, I'd be feeling good heading into, into the round of 32 game. Yeah. But you just yeah. gotta, you're going to figure out who you are in about that first 10 minutes of this USC game. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm going to go sentimental and just go with my uh, elder statesman Izzo in that one. I'm going to pick Michigan State in that game. That, that whole 25 tournament streak. Okay, that's impressive. They were below 500 in the Big Ten this year. I'm <laughs> kind of not sure how they made the tournament. A couple of years ago, they're in the play-in, and they lose the first game in the play-in. So if we want to count that as them making the tournament, I guess that counts. But well, let's give well, them let's credit. 25 uh, in a row. All right. Let's face it, Matt. You are an MSU hater, man. Not there MSU. No, there ain't not, no not getting around it. Yes, not necessarily you are. MSU. It, it's I don't know. Isn't. It's mostly Izzo. Oh, it's Izzo. Okay. I, 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 I'm the first one to jump on a lot of things. I will say the plan, like, yes, it is kind of a asterisk, but you, it is what it is. That is the tournament. I mean, it's, it's funny the tournament. they lost to in the plan that they were beating by 15 at halftime and ended up in the championship game that year, or the right. final four, excuse me. So yeah. it just it kind of is what it is. It's part, it's, it, it is a part of the tournament. If you're an 11 seed in the plan, you're in the tournament. In my book. One final question on that, because I saw Reggie Walker uh, posted it. Do you think the play-in games should be playing for a couple of 11 spots? Do you, don't you think they all should be 16s or not? I've always thought that's weird how they do that. Like a couple of them are for 16s. The other one, like, I, I would think the, the, the play-ins should be literally the last, whatever, eight teams yeah, I would that are so selected. Too. But I don't hate it. I, yeah. No one's going to watch it. No, They might as well not even do the play-in if it's just <laughs> – 16 seeds so no you because this way you still get all the the mid-majors that win their conference they all get in and right. you still get a couple of these bubble teams and we've seen it i mean there's been two or three times where that playing team makes a run that's why True. i mean ucla uh vcu way back when that's why every year i'll pick the and here's what i think i think that when you win that playing game i think it's a huge advantage i really do it, it sucks that you have to play it but if you somehow survive Mm -hmm. You are already, you got your feet wet in the tournament. You just had a big confidence booster win. We've seen it propel a lot of teams. And that's why yeah. I always take the, the playing seed to win one or two games every single year. Uh, Is your, does, you know does your list, win. does your list, Jared, have any of the playoff or play in teams winning a game or so? Yeah, I have them both. I have, yeah, I, I have them both. And then I have uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State or Pittsburgh. I have them in a sweet 16. Okay. So I'm kind of the doctor of upsets. So let me just kind of roll through uh, some of them that I have on the list. You guys are going to be a little bit nervous about one of them. I'll just say that. Uh oh. Uh, first one, this is this is a lock. You guys should change your bracket right now if you don't have it. Uh, Kent State to the Sweet 16. Indiana, what an overseed. They yeah. are not that good, man. Right. How are they a four seed? Genuinely, how are they a four seed? They lost early in the Big Ten tournament. They the Big Ten regular season they were in the pack with all the rest of the scrubs like Michigan. How <laughs> in God's green earth did they earn this four seed? 
They are yeah. overseeded because of brand. That and that alone. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Kent State, Kent State isn't scared of anyone. Lost to Houston by five. Lost to Gonzaga by I think six. Uh, they're senior heavy. Um, if you remember, they actually should have been in the tournament last year, but due to sanctions, they were not able to play in the game. Uh, they have the MAC Player of the Year on their team. I mean, three start seniors in a starting lineup. I love everything about Kent State and the MAC, as we saw with Ohio a couple years ago with Jalen Preston. They've been kind of putting up some good teams lately. Buffalo, Ohio, this year, Kent State. I'm telling you, Kent State's going to upset Indiana. And at that point, you might as well just take them to win the next round, too. Any take I think them? I have. I, that was definitely a game I went back and forth on. And I did end up picking them uh, to beat Indiana, basically because of what you said. Indiana, how are they a four seed? I think people right. just overvalue the Big Ten so often. But maybe this is just the year you have to overvalue someone because everyone is just so middle of the road. But that, that's a good one. Do you, haven't beat, do you haven't beaten Miami or do you haven't beaten Drake? I haven't play, no, I, I, I didn't mention the Drake pick. Everyone's on Drake. It's really not right. even an upset at this point. I, I love Drake. They have an NBA player because his dad's the coach. They are also very senior laden, and I love that they shoot the three ball. But, no, I, I because they are not even really an upset at this point, I'm not going to consider them, but I did pick Drake in that game. Okay. Uh, my next big one, this is the biggest one of them all. This is the granddaddy of them all. <laughs> if this if this happens, Ted, you have to send me 25 bucks before you even hear it. <laughs> I have Colgate beating Texas round one. That's a 15 over a two. Ooh. Now, before you say anything, here's why. Raiders are the best three-point shooting team in the country, 41%. All five starters are in double digits. They don't turn the ball over. They just beat Syracuse last month. Obviously, it's a long shot. They just won their conference tournament final against Lafayette by 20 points. It's a long shot. I get that. They're on an 11-game win streak. I got a good feeling about this group, man. They are – they're – undersized they're chippy they can stroke the ball and they slow it down to a screeching halt and texas something about texas they're kind of the the trendy team whenever there's the trendy team they never pan out and sometimes you got to take a few swings in your bracket to have some fun know that you're living know that your heart's uh, racing and that's this one for me man colgate over texas that's a 15 over a two wow i know yeah texas is the trendy pick because they just smashed their way through the big 12 tournament and and crushed kansas in the title game but my thing is, they, like, they don't have a head coach. <laughs> I mean, like, they, they had right. a whole coaching situation go on right. midseason. But I've seen some people say, and they've drawn comparisons, different situations. But, Ted, you definitely remember vividly, 1989, sure. a similar thing happened with Michigan. Mm-hmm. Coaching change kind of midseason, end of the season. Michigan makes a run with a new coach, Steve Fisher, wins a national title. I've seen some people say maybe that's going to be Texas this year. You know, they rally behind the whole coaching situation situation that went on and make a run. But they're also yeah. I I don't really I don't really trust anyone from the Big Twelve a whole lot. I mean Kansas, but you know, Kansas, you know, Bill Self is going through his whole health issues right now too. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're gonna rally behind Bill Self. But here I, I like that. I, I didn't do that. You you might have. I might have to go back and. Uh, Dude, I'm telling you, you guys, might have to go back and revisit this. You have to take one big swing every year because yep. that one out of twenty years that you hit it, you yep. you're walking on cloud nine, man. Yeah, that's a good swing, Jared. I I see it though that I still would go with Texas in that game, but I see that as one of those you know first day matchups that it comes right down to the wire, and I just see Texas hanging on, but Colgate giving them a good run. And, I hope I'm wrong. Here's also my thought with a lot of brackets. So I, we mentioned Texas A&M versus Penn State. I think Texas A&M, you talk about a team that was under It's Texas A&M. Eh. Uh, I mean, what? I think they won 26 games. 
I think they're good. And here's the thing look about at their, look at their I'm, schedule. They we, they didn't beat anyone they played that was good. They did not beat. That's fair. Those, those one, all yeah. their wins, Nine all losses. their wins are against Eastern Michigan and Grand Valley State. <laughs> I mean, hey, you can only play who's in. Hey, they didn't they didn't lose to yeah. Central Michigan. We all know how that can happen. Um, <laughs> That's why Michigan's uh, here, in NIT. More than almost, this is basically a sight unseen pick. When you get these kind of upset, you know, Texas A&M versus Texas games, I, I remember way back when, worst day of my life, <laughs> right when, uh, I think I've told some story before, when Warren Buffett announced the, you know, billion-dollar prize if you pick perfect bracket. Oh, right. I, I obsessed over that for a week. I, like, literally probably 10 hours a day. That's all I did during school. That's all I did when I got home from school. I was up till midnight, looking over brackets, looking over everything, Dayton versus Ohio State. Game number one, Thursday, 12-15 tip. <laughs> and Ohio State loses. And just like that, the perfect <laughs> bracket was over. Ever since then, I've learned the lesson. If you guys remember, I picked Chicago Loyola to beat Illinois a couple years ago. When right. you have these rivalries and it's kind of the team that's kind of looked down as like a little brother, like Michigan and Michigan State in football, I always will take that upset every time. That's like Kent State and Indiana. Yeah, they're not necessarily – I don't think they're the same state, right? Or is, no. Yeah, it's no. Ohio, I believe. Yeah, but, Kent there, enough. but a lot of those kids that went to Kent State were definitely wanted to go to Indiana, I bet. So they feel slighted. So I, the reason I did that is because if I'm going to have Texas losing that game anyway, I might as well just take a ringer and say, I'm going to take Colgate to beat Texas. Why not? Let's, let's throw it, throw a hat in the ring. Uh, yeah. real quick, no, that, real that, Texas A&M could be good. Buzz Williams is a good coach. And they, they've got talent. They just, if you, if you look at their schedule, it might make you second guess that, but Bud Williams has burned me a lot. You never know. I will say that. So it this obviously easily could be another burning by Buzz Williams, yeah. but <laughs> I'll take my chances. Texas is just that program seems to kind of blow it every year, so yeah. that, that's the way I look at it. Uh, we we mentioned this, Matt. I think you might be on the same page with this. Memphis over Purdue in round two. Now I'm nervous that Purdue or that Memphis might not make it out of round one. I hate. I wish that FAU was a nine seed in almost any other. In any other eight nine game, I would take them to win. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than Memphis, Memphis is a tough matchup. Purdue, they're just not that good. Uh, I feel like Big Ten teams couldn't quite figure out that if you just press this team and give their guards a little bit of pressure, they will collapse. We saw Penn State finally figure it out at the end of the Big Late. Ten championship game. Yep. You need guards, not Zach Eady, to right. win a national championship. And I just think Memphis is an all time bad draw, almost a big fu from the NCAA to Purdue. Uh, and I just think they're going to get upset round two. Memphis is playing well too. Penny Hardaway has those guys playing well. They won their conference tournament and that just might be one of those, you know, I was kind of talking trash or whatever about experts or, you know, thinking that you, you, you can outsmart the bracket, but you kind of laid it out. That might be one of those where you look at trends, numbers, style of play. And if Memphis can get to the second round and Purdue, that Memphis might have the style of play that Purdue just can't, you know, match up with. Mm-hmm. And so that, that might could, be one of those, or if you're, I, if, I agree with everything you said about Zach Eady. I just don't think he's one to carry them to the final four, but he is really good. So like, I feel like it could go one of two ways. If he just has an all time tournament, you know, just, they just start dumping the ball and he starts scoring 30, 35 a night. He could, but yeah, usually you got to have guard play. You've got to have good guard play. I could, if you guys remember the uh, Iowa versus Oregon game from like two years ago, Luga Garza, where yeah. Iowa is perfect example floor by like thirty. I could see that happening. Yeah, uh, I could see you know I could see Purdue winning by twenty, but I could definitely see a scenario where Memphis just like where what in the world where did this team come from? Right. And they just look like a ten times better team. Well, you see these other schools and these other teams, you know, that you don't get a chance to see all year long. 
I mean, they're putting the ball up and down the court, you know, is Edie going to be able to keep up with that kind of pace and some of their other players, you know, that's the thing I love about the tournament. I mean, the pace of play, you usually don't see a lot of slowdown stuff, you know, maybe Princeton when they played in it, but, but other teams, man, they push it up the court. Virginia definitely slows it down, makes people play their style. But I think that's, that's what comes back to bite big 10 teams a lot. Big 10 Mm -hmm. basketball is a little slower. You know, teams usually have a big guy like Dickinson or like, you know, Zach Edie. And these other teams, they don't do that. They're they're Colgate. They're jacking up a bunch of threes and, you know, playing that kind of style. So yep. it should be a good tournament. You know, I mean, it's one of those where there's really no clear cut number one, you know, favorite that everyone is picking. You know, there's been some injuries, too. Um, so I think what I like fun. about this year's yeah. layout. I, I, I really do. You know, there's not a clear cut favorite, really. Yeah. When you, when it's you look awesome. The whole I, it's this is I mean, I can't wait to get this damn thing rolling already, man. Uh, I got one last, one last pick for you guys. Then I'll, then I'll shut up for a while. Uh, okay. (laughs) So this is something I kind of noticed right before we started recording. I'm going to keep it. I, it definitely seems dumb, but I'm going to keep it. So I have every single 13 seed beating the four seed. I just noticed that. (laughs) Wow. I'm going to hone in on one of them. So you've got Virginia losing in the first round. Furman is like, I think number four in the country in assist and they shoot the hell out of the ball. Virginia is only a five point favorite. I think in that game. Uh, it made me very nervous. We know how Virginia is. I mean, just their play style. Every game is close. Yeah. So if this team makes a couple threes, gets out to a six, seven, eight point lead, it's a whole different ballgame. So yeah. I, I, I'm nervous about it. that's the one that I'm like the least confident about is Furman, but I'm keeping it just because I put it and I'm locking it in. Uh, but I like Iona over UConn. Rick in New York. Funny, Rick a lot of a lot of people are a lot of people are in on UConn being kind of the sleeper final. They're the trendy team. team. The right. trend. I actually I actually went through and marked the quote unquote trendy teams because yep. they never do well. <laughs> so, sorry, my, sorry, Matt. It's Duke. It is. Uh, it's Duke. It is. Who who do we just name? Uh, UConn. Uh, UConn. UConn. It is Duke. It's UConn. It is Marquette and those three. Mm-hmm. They never do well. They, the trendy team never pans out. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, everything about Duke, I took everything in my power not to pick them to the final four just because of that reason. Because I knew there's everybody's on this team. They're playing yeah. hot. They won their tournament. Everything on paper looks like they, they should make it there, but yeah. I just couldn't, because of the trendiness, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Iona Patino, man, he's going against uh, Kentucky or Connecticut staff that has never won an NCAA tournament game. Hmm. UConn's a 10 point favorite. Uh, listen, Everyone's on UConn. Are we forgetting about Iona? I mean, I believe they've won. Let me make sure I'm right on this. They've won, I think, 13 straight games. I mean, they are freaking rolling. They These mid-major teams are senior laden. And yes. Rick Pitino is going to have the leg up in the coaching uh, competition. We know he might be going to St. John's, which is another kind of interesting part of this. This is a game in New York. Right. Uh, it's going to be a solid Iona crowd. Obviously, UConn will travel pretty well as well. But Patino as an underdog, 13 seed. He's been in the tournament a few times. This is the highest seed they've been. This is the first time you can really kind of bet on them, whether or not a 15. I, I love it. I, I just really think he's going to take Dan Hurley to school, and he's going to show that he's kind of one, still one of the best college or coaches in the nation. Uh, and I'm loving it, man. This is a big time game for Iona. They're going to win it. Hmm. Yeah, that that is kind of the one thing. Even though I'm high on Duke, again, probably partly because of what I did last weekend, but they're younger. So even though they're playing really well, Filipowski is a true, true freshman. So, you know, is he going to be, you know, kind of like the the Duke team that Michigan State beat with Cassius Winston, you know, when Duke had Zion and all those guys, you know, is, is it going to be kind of one of those situations? They run up against a team that is just senior laden, 
like you you keep laying out that's just playing better team basketball or whatever so it it happens every year you know how often is it just chalk the whole way you know maybe maybe when you get to the elite eight or or final four it it ends up a lot of ones and twos but those first couple rounds there's always going to be a Furman, a colgate you know or something like that a saint mary's making a couple uh pulling off a couple ways so We'll see. I mean, yeah. it, it it is the best time of the year. I know, Ted, you you always talk about it. The best four days, that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when it's just game after game after yep. game. It's and awesome. You, you, you know, and I, I, yeah, and it's great because, you know, now that I'm retired, if I work from home, the, the work I do, this is this is <laughs> my glory days, man. I'm having people over. We My wife's oh, already yeah. went shopping today. We've got the, uh, the, the food for both days all lined up. It's going to be yep. wall-to-wall basketball from noon to midnight God, both days, magical. man. It's going to be awesome. That sounds that magical, great. man. It, it is. is. And it's, you know, even it. the best part about it, even we haven't talked about it, we're almost an hour into this podcast. <laughs> well, no, you you mentioned Already? it earlier. We, we did mention our our – our sad Wolverines there that didn't make the tournament. Even, even since our Michigan Wolverines didn't make the tournament. Right. It, it's almost like one of the, like, I almost don't even care. I'm, I'm still as excited. I, I might be more excited because yeah. now I can just watch the tournament and sit no back pressure, and just, right? just be exactly. excited yeah, for pleasure. But so let's mention them. We, we got to talk about them a quick minute. So they did make the yeah. NIT. They, they won, won their first round, won their first round game against Toledo. That was actually going to be a, a, a iffy matchup. You yeah. know, Jared, you were talking about the Mac. Toledo had a, a you know a crazy talented team. Michigan ended up winning. Started slow. Started slow. They ended up winning. Jet Howard probably is done. That's probably the last time we've seen him play at Michigan. He didn't play. He didn't play in this game. Dude, of right. course. Right. I'm He's, I'm so Jet Howard out. Can I just? I'm sorry, Matt, but that, I, I, I put this. I'll just say real quick. I I put the, he. This is like a, a football player opting out of a bowl. I think yeah. he's going to go pro. There's no reason for him to play in the NIT. I, I get what you're saying though, Jared. Yeah, I, I mean. We all have been, Matt, you were kind of first to it. They're better without Jet Howard. They really were. Well, think about it. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. When he was hurt, they went 3-0. and He comes back, they lost three straight. I we, mean, does that mean anything? Yeah, I don't, of course it yeah, does. Yeah, it does. And we saw it. I mean, game on the line, free throw. He doesn't box out. Guy exactly. uh, for Rutgers gets the rebound, lays it up, and he throws his arms up like he doesn't know what the hell just happened. Like it wasn't at all his fault. <laughs> like I said, Jawan does not coach him like he does other guys. It's coaching. How do you look at that? And he's, he doesn't come off the floor. He doesn't get benched the, the, for the next ten minutes. Just up, oh, whatever. You know, next on to the next play. Go, go, run an isolation for him on the other end. I, I'm sick of this program. The fact you guys are watching this nit games. Did you guys watch it? It was on so, in the background. I had it, it on, on the background here too. Unbelievable. I, no, I spent way too many seconds watching that team this year. I just, it's, it was depressing. I felt like they'd ever played that hard. The Jet Howard play perfectly encapsulates everything about this year. I, I don't know. I, I know they got some guys returning next year. I'm excited to watch them next year. I think they were better. Buffkin, like my dad told me, basically, he seemed like Buffkin really understood his role when Jet Howard wasn't there, but he, kind of didn't really know what to do when Howard was there. So I'll be excited to see him and Dickinson back, but I'm just, I'm ready to close the page on this 2023 season. Yeah. If they make it all the way to the championship of the NIT, I still won't watch it. Well, that's what I was going to ask. I'm, I'm curious on both of your guys' thoughts. Cause I know how I feel. If so say they make it to the NIT championship or win the NIT, like, is it, does it matter? Does it does it show that they should have been in the NCAA tournament? It was just, just a waste of time. Like, where do you guys stand on Michigan in the NIT? 
it would just reinforce the whole Jet Howard theory if he's not playing in it and they they go on and win it. Obviously, they're not the greatest teams in the NIT, but it's the type of teams that they've been losing to all year. So uh, that's what it would show me. Other yeah. than that, not much. Yeah, I mean the NIT is the NIT is the NIT, but it's it's Michigan, and I'm going to watch every game they play, and as long as I'm home to watch it, I will watch them play, just like I would Michigan State if they were in the NIT. But uh, you guys know how I stand on Jet Howard. I still haven't figured out how he's a first round NBA draft choice, but I guess top thirty Potential. in the country, that's what he is, right? Potential. Huh? I think it. I think it's one hundred percent potential. You know, really? I, I think you you can see he can shoot. You can see he can score. Yeah, a lot of players. I, can. I think you know any any more. That's what the NBA draft is. Yeah, you're drafting this freshman who you're hoping turns into the next Ja Morant or something yeah. like that. And I think that's what it'll be. Because you you can see he can shoot. You know, I think he's got a, a long ways to go when defensively. Yeah, you can see the effort's not there. Effort. That's the thing, you know, the yeah. effort. That's the one know. thing. What what what's the one thing a coach always tells you, you know, that's the one thing you can control is your right. effort. And yep. if, if he's not boxing out and he's not hustling back on defense, it's a bad look. But and that's one thing like Dan Morrill, you know, our, our local coach at Langsburg, I asked him a couple different times about it. I've told you they play tremendous defense. And I asked him about that. And he said, you know what? Defense is something you somewhat can control offense. You could have a bad night and not hit, but defense, yeah. you can sort of control that. And that's, that, a lot of that goes unnoticed, you know, but it's a yep. big, big part of the game. And a lot of, and when it comes to defense, a whole lot of it is effort. You know, yep. it's, it's hard work and it's effort. And I haven't seen that out of Jet Howard, but that's not just much. me. Yep. No, you're, you're not wrong. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do. I am curious to see, you, you mentioned Jared Bufkin and Dickinson coming back. I am, That'd be awesome. I, I feel like Dickinson, I mean, he, he can do whatever he wants, but you know, I, I feel like he probably should come back. Um, and then Why Bufkin, not? he's he's in that weird spot, Bufkin, because he finished the year strong. So could he go, you know, ride this wave and go get drafted, come back for one more year and become a top 10 pick? If they both come back, next year's team could have something. Yeah, but, yeah Dougie's going to be pretty solid at point guard, yeah. too. Yeah, you know? he can play. They've got some other young players. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah. All right, well, before we get off the sports portion, fellas, um, NFL, NFL's – going crazy right now with the different signings it looks like the lions all the stuff i'm reading now obviously not going to draft a cornerback number six they've signed a couple pretty decent cornerbacks to come join that defense and uh anzalone jared's favorite re-signed for three years but uh i i don't know what do you guys think i mean you think they just go all in on the draft and don't worry about too much more free agent signings I mean, they had, I think, I think they were like top five in cap space. So mm-hmm. they've got a ton of money to spend, which clearly they've been doing. I love the two cornerbacks that they signed because we know uh, who knows what's going to happen with Okuda. Right. So, you know, they definitely need to shore up their defensive backfield. I saw some people ripping the Anzalone signing. He, he earned the money. He led the team in tackles last year. And I think he's more like a leader type of guy, mm-hmm. you know, like a, I, I, I've said it a couple of times, like a clubhouse guy. Hundred percent. He played. He was with Dan Campbell for a few years. You know, he he knows the staff and everything. I, I put it more on that. He's a leader. You know, he's is he the best linebacker in the league? No, but he had 125 tackles last year. So, but, I mean, you got to be able to play if you have 125 tackles. And I tell you what, I I made fun of Anceloni all year. He never was my favorite player. 
seemed God just seemed like he was kind of out athleted a lot. But yeah, two of the biggest games. I mean, against Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving, he had a pick, and then in uh, the Packers game, he played great. So it's whatever. I'll I'll, I'll ride yeah. with him. Seems like a good locker room and culture fit as well. I love the signings. Uh, Cam Sutton. I, I love always getting somebody from an organization organization like the Steelers. You know that he's mm-hmm. gonna be a good culture guy. And I feel like you can't have enough defensive backs. So yep. I wouldn't hate even draft another one at 18 or even at six. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we need, a, we need a rusher, pass rusher. But how excited are we for this year? I mean, yeah. obviously, we're in college basketball mode. But, I, Ted, have you ever been more excited for a draft? Oh, God, no. No. No, I haven't. I mean, this whole end of the season for the Lions and now leading up to what they got, you know, in front of them and what they can build upon. Holmes has shown he knows what he's doing. Campbell has made me a real believer. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I will say this, though. I wasn't too excited about the Bears and, and the move yeah. they made. My God, did they immediately solidify themselves as a much better team? Wow. Yeah, they're going all in on saying Justin Fields is the guy. I mean, they've, yes. got, they've got him a wide receiver. They've stocked draft up on picks. some defensive players, draft picks. So I think uh, they, they saw Aaron Rodgers leaving, or likely, not official yet, but Aaron Rodgers leaving the division. The Lions, obviously, you know, trending up. The Bears were like, we got to make some moves now. We got to try and keep up. So the North is going to be interesting because, you know, the Vikings are still solid. You know, they're they're a solid team. So with the Rodgers goes. Yeah, it, yeah, that's the big thing. If Rodgers does go, so if, if he goes, it's it's a lot. And even if he's back, it's the Lions' division to lose. I think, I think so it's biggest yeah. odds as well. Uh, yeah. I think it's now or never. You never know. I mean, we kind of see it with the Bills, where it's almost like, man, is their window closed? You never right. know how long your window is going to be open, especially with Justin Fields. I mean, he seems like he hasn't quite reached his potential. Could be a but he top could. quarterback in the league, and if that's the case. Uh, the window might be closed as soon as he kind of reaches his peak. So I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he is, but he could. Um, so I don't know. It, this is going to be a really fun year. Let's just hope that it doesn't. Uh, the wind, our, wind isn't taken out of our sails right away. Amen. Uh, like, a lot in these years. Last question on this fella is uh, the Carolina situation. They, I see they just signed Andy Dalton. Yeah. He's probably going to be the fill-in guy. But who are they? What quarterback are they drafting? Are they going to draft Jared's guy? Are they going to go Bryce no. Young? What? Who are they drafting? If I was them, I, I think Stroud. I like. I think Bryce really? Young is good. I just worry about him staying on the field. Mm-hmm. If, if if I knew Bryce Young was going to be healthy, I, I would draft him first. Uh, you can't predict that. I think CJ Stroud is the safest pick. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw him against Georgia. We know, obviously, he struggled a little bit against Michigan uh, a couple times. But, I mean, that performance against Georgia alone earned him maybe the number one spot in my book. I mean, he was a man amongst boys. Uh, but, no, that's who I would go with. Anthony Richardson, you guys know what I think about him, but I don't think you take him one overall. I wouldn't think either. No, I, I feel like even though they signed Dalton, I would think they're going to draft someone who they want to start right away. Yeah. And I don't think Anthony Richardson is that. So I, I would think, yes, yeah, Stroud or Bryce Young probably. Mm-hmm. And they've got a solid backup. I'm curious to see what the Lions do at backup. Yeah. You know, and Andy Dalton or a Gardner Minshew or something like that, are they going to sign some veteran? Or are they going to draft? What about uh, Matt Ryan? Would he be able to fit in cap wise as a backup? Or he's, his starting curious. days are over, right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll I'll just say this, man. We are entering the prime runway of sports. It's this, and obviously, yes. like August, like the first weekend of college football when that starts. It's football season, and then it's this portion right now. We finally made it through the dog days. Yep. We have the dog days, obviously, coming up in you know July, August, that, that time period. <laughs> 
But uh, this is the great runway. We got, you know, the NCAA tournament. Then we have Masters, yep. uh, NBA playoffs right after that. I mean, it's just get your popcorn ready. Ted's not going to leave his basement. Probably <laughs> not. Maybe just to go to the movie theater, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. Quick portion of Ted Entertainment tonight to wrap up the program right after this. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. All right, fellas, I know, Jared, you haven't seen the Last of Us finale yet, season finale. But uh, Can I just I turn know... myself on, like, mute and you guys just talk it out? Or, or... No, no, we won't Maybe give no you any spoilers. spoiler alerts. Yeah. yeah. Just to say this, that uh, last couple episodes I thought were were well done, kind of filled some gaps in the story. And uh, I'll tell you right now, this this girl that plays Ellie, I think she should win an Emmy or something, whatever awards they are out there, because I think she's a tremendous actress. I think she does a great job. Ella Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she's great. Um, You know, so I played the game. I couldn't remember because it was eight years ago or something that I played the game. So I I did kind of remember how... Yeah, how it played out, I guess. I, I definitely forgot some of the, like the whole where where they came across the the village that was a bunch of cannibals, and he was maybe a, a pedophile that that dude that ended up trying to kill Ellie. Or Have, has Jared seen that part yet? Yeah, I've seen that episode. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I, I'd forgot about that whole part of the game. That was a pretty intense part of the game. Um, but no, th- this this show. I mean, it's like I mean, Ted, you didn't play the game, so I mean, nope. you, you had no idea what was going on and. And you're still like encapsulated by it. And yeah, you know, HBO knocks out of the park every time. Pedro Pascal is fantastic. Like mm-hmm. you said, the the actress that plays Ellie, great. All the supporting roles. It's one of those, like, I just, you could just keep going and they're going to have a season two. So, you mm-hmm. know, you're curious to see what they do with that. You know, if they break the second game up into two seasons, I've seen some people say they might do that. So uh, just, it's fantastic. I saw some criticisms like that there wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily like a zombie show. There really right. wasn't a whole lot of infected scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more about um, Joel and Ellie's relationship and all, you know, all of that stuff and how he. Well, no, no spoiler, you know, whatever happened in, in that final <laughs> the, the last episode. Um, right. You know, it, it, it kind of turned more into that show. It wasn't yeah. like a zombie. It wasn't like zombies, well, blah, blah, blah. Let's kill a ton of zombies. It was more about that that stuff, which which I liked. I, which I think it's it more realistic to what the world right. would actually look like if this happened. I mean, it's mm-hmm. The Walking Dead was just like that, too, where there was no, yep. there was no zombies. Uh, and that's probably the most successful outside of maybe The Last of Us is more critically acclaimed uh, zombie show that's ever been out. Uh, no, I mean, think about what would happen if if this if the world was actually taken over by these idiots that don't really have a brain. I mean, the <laughs> the humans that remained would like that would probably be the real biggest threat of them at all. So, no, I think it's great. That's what that's what's interesting to me. I mean, the Bill episode where you see his doomsday, these different weird communities they've stumbled across along the way. Uh, I, I think that's part of my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. and you know, for any of our listeners that have not hopped on the train yet, uh, j- just do the advice. I think we've passed on. You know. 
to my wife, I said, stick with it. Cause she was about ready to bail out after, after episode two, I said, you got to watch episode three. And yeah. she hooked in completely. Cause that was just a really well-written, well-done episode. So yeah. that's, that's what I think. It's great. I can't wait for season two. Where, where, the last thing, were you guys happy with how it wrapped? Like was the last episode, did it, was it solid? Yeah, I think so. Like I said, I, I remember how the game went. I forget, Jared, I forget. Did you play the game? I played parts. My okay. next door neighbor was a big time gamer, so I would like I watched him play it, but I never okay. really like sat and played the entire thing. No, so but I don't do remember. Do you remember how the game ends? No, I don't remember. Okay. So you don't know how it ends at all. No. So I I kind of remembered how it ended with the game. This was a little different, um, mm-hmm. but no, I, I like it. I, I love how it ended. I saw some people they did not like how it ended. Really? <laughs> um, yeah, kind of set up season two perfectly. Yep. I think you know. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I will say this. I'm I'm probably a little bit on Jared's side. I know he bailed out of Yellowstone. <laughs> I don't know what Uh-oh. you think, Matt, of 1928, but the last couple episodes, uh, I don't know. I I think <laughs> I think that it's just a little bit too much uh gratuitous violence, if you know what I mean. My yeah. wife can't take it. She she says, Tell me when it's over, and she plugs her ears because yeah. there's just some nasty, nasty stuff going on, isn't there? There are. Yeah, my no, my wife did the same thing in these these last couple episodes, and I get it's trying to, you know, develop the character who is right. who is doing doing that those violent scenes. So I, I understand that, but I guess my my thing is, you know, it's it's just I still like it. I, I, I do still too. like it. I'm excited for the season to come back because I want to see what happens. That's the biggest thing. It's like I want to see what happens. <laughs> It's just, it's just seems so far fetched. Some of right. the stuff, it's just like yeah. they, I don't, all right, man. Dutton, you know, the Harrison Ford car, character, he got shot like 12 times. <laughs> and, and it's like, <laughs> and they're living out in like the mountains, and his wife is just like tending to him, and he's still alive. And now he's back riding a horse, and he's, <laughs> and it's so but, there's just some stuff that's like, I, I get it's a TV show, but like, all right. I don't know why. Like, I, you look at the fork in the road with Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's going to be great. You have Costner as a lead guy. You have this, what seems like an unlimited budget, beautiful scenery. They could have went the kind of Breaking Bad route, make it yes. all as realistic as it could be, or they could go the kind of the route they went, which is almost comical. I, I liked it for the first few seasons, but it really wore thin for me. I, I, I know you guys are kind of similar where you obviously have realized it's maybe falling off a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I wish I would have loved to have seen what this show would look like if they had went left instead of right uh, with, with that. That's a really good point, Jared. And that's kind of what I was leading into at the end here of 1928. I hopefully it picks up and focuses more on the storylines we want to see. But uh, uh, again, there, there was a, there was a real nasty violent scene involving a couple of hookers that I have no idea where that, that that could have been just eliminated as far as i'm concerned don't you think like like i said i mean they were trying to show that that businessman yeah clearly is like a twisted person but it's like you could have done something different you know i don't know that you didn't have to do that but (laughs) you know even the the spencer character who i like i like spencer a lot the nephew or you know whatever he is but the whole love story with him and like you know like i carried on too much man too much right it's like all right we get it you know they're in love and stuff like that and (laughs) 
and then like the the husband that she left you know they bump into him and it's just right, right. that's what i mean some of the stuff is just so far-fetched it's like all right this is entertaining but let's just i just want to know about the ranch i yeah. just want to know about the ranch and you what and happens. i will stick you and i will stick <laughs> with it but there are definitely some flaws there i agree with yeah. you i like it when they're at the ranch and they're dealing with the town folk and that stuff yeah. going on you know all the other speaking stuff. of the town folk the the irish dude um yeah you know kind of the villain of Banner. the show yeah, yeah. He's great. I've said before, perfect. They casted the perfect guy for that role. Him as the villain, he, he might be my favorite character in this show. And uh, yeah, you know, you're obviously you're rooting against him, but right, he's good. He's a badass man. Yeah, he is. All right, I think that'll do it. I mean, we had the Oscars and boy, everything, everywhere, all at once, just completely cleaned up on on the awards and. I might have to watch it again because I I, there, I lost something in the translation along the way. I thought it was a decent a decent movie, I, but uh, all the Oscars they won that, that surprised me a little. Yeah, bit. it really. I, I thought it was a good movie. It's it was a different type of movie, which is maybe why it has garnered so much like Oscar success because mm-hmm. it's kind of the first of its kind. But I will say, and Ted, you probably know his name. Uh, the, he played Indiana Jones. He's in the Goonies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a child actor then who won, I think, Best Supporting Actor. I thought he was great in that movie. So I, I had no problem with him winning that one. Yeah. No, I agree with you. He he was definitely very good. And uh, Brendan Fraser, who you never would have thought, Matt, he's from your era, basically, in the movies. Yeah. You never thought he'd be uh, an Academy Award winner. But uh, I got to see that movie, The Whale, because I guess he, he was phenomenal and won Best Actor. So congratulations that. to him. Yeah. Okay. Kehu Kwan is his yep. name. Yeah, he's yeah, I mean, what a cool story that is from Indiana Jones. He hugs Steven Spiel, uh Steven or Harrison Ford, right? On yeah. stage yep. when he accepted it. I mean, pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. And he did do a good job in that movie. I'll tell you, you I agree with you there. All right, guys. I think we've been rolling. I, will, I was on. gonna say something real quick. We're talking Oscars. I'll, I'll bring this up. So that night, so Sunday night, um, I was I was working the the Lakers game. We were we we did the Lakers. Um Shit, who did they even play? I don't. At this point, I've I've done so much. It was the Lakers, anyway. It was in LA, and we were talking about it. It was at the same time as the Oscars. We were like, "This is kind of crazy that the NBA would schedule a Lakers game home the same night as the Oscars. Like, it's just kind of crazy." But at the game, Denzel Washington and Spike Lee were at the game, and (laughs) um, there was there was a couple other actors that one of the dudes that was in Cool Runnings. um, There, there were a couple other actors there, and we were just like. You know, Denzel and Spike were the, the main two ones. We we're like, man, they they clearly don't care about the Oscars that they're yep. coming to the oh well, yeah, Spike Lee was there, so they they were playing the Knicks. Um, they clearly must not care about the late or uh, the Oscars right. because they're at they're at the Lakers game. Or, like, is year. that a, are they making a statement? You know <laughs> that they'd rather go to the Lakers Knicks game than go to the Oscars. I just thought that was interesting. That is. I wonder yeah. what the ratings were compared to the Oscars. The Did you NBA watch? Game. That's the real rating. Oscars. What's that? Did yeah. you watch Oscars? Uh, yeah, I watched it on a tape delay basis on my DVR. I, you yeah. know, I'm not going to sit there and watch all that stuff. I fast forward through the things I don't care about. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I we enjoy the Oscars every year. It's it's and Jimmy Kimmel, you know, he's my man. He does a great job. <laughs> I love him who, as the host. Who did you? Who was your like favorite late night host when you were growing up? This like we this last thing. Maybe oh, it's got to be Johnny but. Carson, right? No, uh, well, when I was growing up, yeah, it was Johnny Carson because he was about it. But my favorite late night host of all time is David Letterman. I yeah. loved Letterman. Yeah, that whole humor was out there. That, that was <laughs> and that was right in my sweet spot when it was going on too. College, yeah. you know, college age. That's, That's where it's at. 
All right, fellas, we made it through. It's March yep. Madness. You know, we got another day or so to get ready for Thursday at noon. Spartans play Friday at 12.15, so I know how that day is going to start. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, you guys got to work during the tournament? You, you got Man, time off yeah. where you can sneak some games, or are you just going to be checking it on your phone? I'm, I'll be at work, but it's going to be on all the TVs, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I was lucky last year where I, I remember I had – friday off and i work thursday till like four or five so it's kind of perfect yeah um but no you can't beat the college life or the retired life ted where it's i just, know you got nothing to do man you, you schedule you, basically your job is to plan a party for it so <laughs> it's, it, you're lucky man we'll see how it turns out all right guys let's get out of here this has been the three-point podcast presented by memorial Healthcare's now community wellness center and skymint cannabis skymint cannabis 40 percent off flower that's a great deal over 15 locations throughout the state check out the sky mint reserve you're over 21 go online at skymint.com gift cards available check out the corona store the coupon code 3.20 at the store if you're a first time uh, customer tell them three point podcast sent you also memorial Healthcare wellness center hits a whole lot more in the gym all kinds of stuff included in your membership and you have day memberships like jared used couple different times you just want to show up see what it's all about i think it's like 10 12 bucks and you can go use all the equipment the sauna the 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 steam room it's just an awesome setting so check it out at memorialhealthcare.org also az printing solutions on board capital sports field house pro real estate and auction nelson house funeral homes rivals tap house and grill success group mortgage mortgage and servicing jimmy woodworth there for all that also follow us on social media at three point pod subscribe to our youtube channel and uh, check us out on Thursday sometime. We'll have the replay of the Langberg uh, and Michigan Center game. Hopefully the Wolfpack can come away with a win there and make it to the quarterfinals. It's going to be just down the road for them in Jared if they make it. It's Lanny Lincoln I think they're going to be at. So we hope to be there too. So that'll do it for us. Peace and love, everybody. Be kind and thank you for listening. Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease and every 90 minutes someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.